You are listening to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 13. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me again here on the podcast. Today, I'm excited to talk to you about an interesting book that I recently read. The book is called The Big Leap, and it is by a gentleman named Gay Hendricks. The subtitle to it is Conquer Your Hidden Fear and Take Your Life to the Next Level. It was written in 2009, so I'm not 100% sure why I haven't read it before, but I found it recently when I was at the airport picked it up, and because it's a pretty easy-to-read book, I had it done um, on the one trip that I made. Last month, um, I did a lot of traveling for me, more than normal. Um, I was visiting five cities in less than six weeks, so that was a lot for me. Uh, Four of the five trips were on um, airplanes, They were two different cities. I took a trip to California, Las Vegas, Dallas, and uh, New York. So that was really a crazy, crazy uh, month for me. Um, And it was for work and personal reasons. So um, it was really a good time. Um, But five trips in a row for me is a lot. Um, Anyway, I do love traveling, and when I do travel, I like to read on the plane. Um, In the car, I can do audiobooks, but I love to have an actual book in my hand, Um, sometimes on my Kindle, but mostly a book on the plane. So anyway, this book I found in one of those little airplane stores that you go into to buy snacks and books and things, and when I saw the title of it and... um, looked at the um, subtitle, I thought it was going to be something that I could really um, learn a lot from. And it was. It's a really interesting subject and a really, really good book. So basically, the premise of the book, um, and I would encourage you all to read it, but I'm going to try to go through it here on the podcast, is um, it's basically understanding why our brains want to slow us down or get in our way when we are feeling good. Um, it's, it's a barrier to living our most successful and fulfilled life. And Gay Hendricks calls it the upper limit problem. And basically, he describes the upper limit problem as our innate intolerance for feeling good. So it's the idea that our brain wants to sabotage us if our brain thinks we're doing too well or we start to feel too good. And I found this really fascinating because when you really stop to think about it, it's so true. Um, You know, you would think that when we're feeling good, when we're feeling successful, when good things happen, that we would just embrace that and love it and have a good time in it. But if you really think about it, Um, Whenever you start feeling really good or you start, you know, feeling really successful or things are starting to roll for you in the right direction, what do you do? You end up getting in your own way and coming up with 
either fears or, you know, different things that um, will sabotage you. So it's very, very true when you think about it. And um, so that's why I thought it was such an interesting concept and an interesting book. I, by nature, am super positive. Uh, I like to have a glass half full outlook on life. Um, I'm an optimist, as I would say. And, um, but even when I, I look at my own life and when good things start to happen for me, and I was reading through this book, I got the idea that Gay was super right when he says that our brains want us to, you know, put up roadblocks when we're starting to feel too good or, you know, crazy things happen that sabotage us. So, um, I was thinking about this, trying to come up with some examples for the podcast, and um, my one of my really um, good examples or things that I could really relate to, and I think you can too, is um, have you ever diagnosed a really complicated case and you felt really proud of yourself? You were at work and you were... Um, you had this pet come in and you had to really work it up and do blood work and x-rays or whatever you did. And you thought you figured it out and you're like, oh, I got this diagnosis. And it's kind of a crazy diagnosis. We don't see it very often. And I found it and, and you feel really exhilarated and you feel like, you know, super veterinarian because you found this and you felt great knowing that you came up with the right diagnosis. And then you got to choose the best treatment for the pet. The client went along with you. You got all your ducks in a row and you felt great about this diagnosis. And you felt great. You felt wonderful. Then did you go home later that night and start to look things up on VIN or Google the disease that you had diagnosed? You're researching the crap out of it and looking up every little nuance about that disease that you could. And by the time you're done doing this, after you got home that night, after you were feeling so great during the day at work, by the time you get done doing all this research, you felt like you felt terrible. Your, your head was filled with doubts. You were terrified. You made a huge mistake. And this pet's surely going to be dead by morning because I totally misdiagnosed it. And you worry about it and you're freaking out, right? Have you guys ever done that? I, I can't even tell you how many times I have. And that's the upper limit problem. You're feeling great. You, you're sure you did it all right. But then when you start looking things up, you find all these reasons why you possibly could be wrong. And then you spend the rest of the night beating yourself up until the next day when you can call the client and see what's going on. And then a lot of the times you're relieved because the pet's doing great and you were right in the first place. But why did you spend all that time looking it up and beating yourself up and screwing around, you know? And that's what we do. I mean, I've done it. I can't even tell you how many times I've questioned my myself on different cases and asked other doctors, what do you think? And, you know, you just, you ju- you do. So Hendricks writes um, that we each have this internal meter in our head, and he calls it the keeper of our joy. We have well-established beliefs that we're not worthy, and it 
it's either something that we develop in childhood, something that we were born with, but it's something that's really deeply ingrained in us. And we have this feeling that we can only be so successful or so happy. We put a stop to ourselves when we start getting too successful or too happy or too sure in our diagnosis is what I, you know, basically see with us uh, veterinary types. When good things happen and we should be super happy, then our brain thinks about problems and our brain tries to kind of put us in our place and knock us down a few pegs. So we upper limit ourselves. And when he talks about this in the book, he gives lots of examples and stories and, and different ways that we do this to ourselves. Um, but some of the examples of the ways we can do it to ourselves when we're feeling too uh, good about life is one of the ways that he talks about is by worrying. And I just wrote a blog on this recently about why we worry and that we do worry. And I am a worrier um, by nature. And I think that I come from a long line of worriers. Um, my mom's the kind of person that, you know, says, lock your doors and call me when you get there and be careful and drive carefully. And, you know, all the things that, that moms say and that I say to my kids all the time, that is our worry nature. But the way we can limit ourselves in our success is that we worry. So those of us that work in a veterinary hospital are, I think, world-class warriors. And I've seen this almost daily in my veterinary practice. My team likes to look at the books in the morning and see what's on the schedule. And then they make huge assumptions about what's going to happen in that day just by looking at the schedule. And I've done it too. I've gone to that schedule and looked at, you know, Mrs. So-and-so's coming in. Oh, no. And then my brain goes to the, you know, what's going on with that pet? And I thought I fixed that one last week. And now what's happening? And, you know, all the worst case scenario thinking that we do, that is worry. And it's also this upper limit thinking that he talks about in The Big Leap. We look at the busyness of the day and first thing in the morning, we're already creating negative scenarios in our heads. And sometimes out loud, sometimes we're complaining and we're worrying and we just know that this day is going to be bad. And, you know, we came in being super successful people. You know, we walked in the door and we got to work on time and we got there, you know, in one piece. And now all of a sudden, as soon as we look at the schedule, we are in worry mode. I have a tendency to worry in my personal life, as I said. Um, you know, I worry about my kids. I worry about my business. I worry about, you know, the blogs and the podcast. And, you know, I have a tendency to do that to myself. And as I was reading this book, I was like, wow, you know, I didn't really make that connection between the, the worry that my brain always wants to do and the fact that it's holding me back from being successful. It's putting the brakes on the things that I want to accomplish in my life. The worry that we create um, keeps us from having a big life. 
we're focused on the future. We're focused on future bad things instead of future good things. So why don't we worry about how successful we could be? We don't usually, right? And we never sit around saying, oh boy, I hope I don't win the lottery tomorrow or, oh my gosh, I could win the lottery tomorrow. And if I do, what am I going to do? You know, we don't usually worry about positive things happening. We usually worry about negative things happening. And, and why? You know, why do we let our brains do this to us? I have had days where, you know, I've had super great surgeries and everything went well and all the clients seemed happy. And then instead of just sitting in that and enjoying it and feeling like I'm an awesome person, then I start worrying about, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow. And maybe I didn't do such a great job on that surgery. And maybe tomorrow that pet's going to have a problem. And what if he licks his incision? You know, all those crazy messed up things that we think about instead of just accepting that we're brilliant and we're awesome. You know, why do we go to that negative worry place? And that is because of this upper limit thinking. And part of what is talked about in the book is how do we make that big leap over that negative worry thinking and over these negative things that our brain wants to come up and make this big leap into positivity and not worrying and being successful. Another thing that he talks about um, that we use uh, a technique, I guess you could say that our brain uses to keep us away from our upper limit is um, criticism or blame um, of either ourselves or of other people. And when I read this part of the book and I started thinking about it, you know, we do have a tendency to look for faults in other people and ourselves. And we feel like we're justified in doing that. We feel like we're supposed to look for other people's thought uh, faults and look, you know, at things that people are doing wrong. And so we spend a lot of our time criticizing other people and self-criticizing in order to hold ourselves back. And sometimes when we criticize others, we're actually holding them back, which in my mind is is so bad and, and so much worse because I think that we should all be promoting each other and holding each other up. And so if we're criticizing and blaming, then we are holding ourselves back and we're holding others back, which is awful. You know, we want to really positive work experience and positive life. And so why would we criticize and blame? And I've seen people do it to their children, heartbreakingly so. You know, I've been around some moms that just pick on their kids all the time and are unhappy with, you know, the choices their children are making. You know, I try really hard not to do that to my children. And perhaps if you ask them, they would say that that I do um, criticize them. But you know, I really think that that's such a dangerous habit to get into. And, um, and I see it. I see it in our workplace. I see people picking on each other and, you know, she's not working as hard as I am and he's slower than I am. And, you know, all these things that we're looking for fault in others and what, um, what is talked about in this Big Leap book is that we do this to hold ourselves back. 
Because if you're sitting around looking at what other people are doing and you're worrying about what everybody else is doing, all you're doing is holding yourself back. You're preventing yourself from becoming your best human. You know, you're you're holding yourself back from being brilliant and wonderful because instead of working on yourself and holding each other's up, holding others up and complimenting them and raising us all up, you're sitting around tearing people down. And, you know, how how terrible. And um so I think we need to stop that. I think we need to think about, you know, the next time you start criticizing someone, think about that it's holding you back. It's keeping you from reaching your fullest potential. You know, build other people up and and look at them. And even if you don't 100% agree with the way they're conducting their life, conduct yours in a better manner and don't blame and don't criticize because, you know, we, it feels like it's justified, but it's not. And it's actually holding you back. It's not raising the other person up, you know, criticizing them isn't helping them get better. It's just tearing them down. And then, you know, in the same, in the same vein, it's tearing you down. The other thing that he says that we do to ourselves is, along the same lines is we deflect compliments. And he talks about how us deflecting the compliments that are given to us is part of our upper limit, our upper limit thinking. So basically what he means is that when you're brilliant and someone tells you that you're brilliant, that a lot of times the first thing you'll do is take that compliment and then flip it back with some sort of claim of being inferior. And what I mean by that is, um, let's say one of your colleagues says to you, wow, you know, Dr. Capel, or, you know, whatever, whatever your name is, um, you really did a great job with that client. I was listening to what you said to them. You explained it really well. You handled their frustration really well or whatever situation it was that you're getting complimented on. And then the first thing you want to do is say, yeah, but, and then come up with some, you know, statement of deflection. You don't just own it. You don't just take it on and embrace the compliment. And I've seen, you know, women do this a lot. And no offense to you guys, but women have a tendency to do this when somebody tells them they look great or I like your outfit or, you know, any kind of compliment. I like your hair. You know, I just got my hair done last week and the girl that does my hair is amazing and she did this really cool highlights and she kind of curled my hair in a different way. I mean, it was really cool, cool hair, you know, and and I can't take any credit for it because I didn't do it. But when I go to work and somebody says, oh, my gosh, I love your hair. I had client, a couple clients say that to me last week. The first thing I want to do is deflect that compliment instead of saying, oh, my gosh, thanks. I love it, too. It's awesome, isn't it? Which I'm training myself to say now. Um, I'll say, yeah, but I didn't do it. You know, my hairdresser can do it. I'm not very good with hair. You know, I say that all the time. Um, because. My daughter, let me just tell you, she is an amazing hairdresser. Like she can do updos and 
She can do all kinds of really cool things to hair. And I can't. I'm not a great hairstylist. However, when somebody tells me that my hair looks awesome, you know, why don't I just embrace it? Why don't I say, yeah, it does look really nice today, doesn't it? I did a great job. Or, you know, my hairdresser, Lisa, did a great job because she always does a great job. Um, so that's just a that is just an example of how we are taking the compliments that people give us and limiting our um, our success or limiting our capacity for brilliance. And um, try to try to embrace that the next time someone gives you a compliment. Think of it as your upper limit deflection that you're deflecting the compliment because you don't want you don't want to get too big for your britches or your brain doesn't want you to get too big for your britches and that just sabotages your success. You don't need those thoughts in your head. So work to change them and before they destroy your happiness, you know, your your happiness revolves around these good thoughts and you're letting your brain you know move you into this negativity when you're getting a compliment and you know those are few and far between, so we need to embrace them. Now, this other part of the book, and this was really a hard thing for me to embrace because I was I, I had a hard time believing it at first, but the more I thought about it, the more I knew it was true. Um, part of this upper limit thinking that we do, that our brain does to us, that this book talks about, is when, be, when we become ill or injured and Becoming ill or injured is a way of actually making ourselves hold back and not not getting to our dreams and not embracing our success. And I I read this part in the book and I was like, really? You know, we make ourselves sick. But then when I think back on it, it's like so many times I've experienced this. You know, I've gotten really busy and I love to be busy. I'm one of those people that overcommits, you know, like I'll get on every committee and every, you know, anything that anybody asks you to volunteer for, like I'm the one that's hand goes up first. And then because I am not a super, you know, nitty gritty detail person, I start to feel overwhelmed by all of the details that I have to handle, um, you know, around all these tasks that I volunteer to do. And then I ultimately end up getting sick. I get a cold. I feel tired. I don't want to exercise. Whatever it is, my brain, you know, kind of pushes me to overeat. That is a a thing that I have a tendency to want to do if I'm feeling really stressed out. And this is all part of this upper limit, you know, this upper limit thinking or this upper limit um, lid that we're putting on ourselves. You'll actually get sick. You'll get a cold. You'll, you know, feel tired. You'll feel achy. Your back will go out, you know. So the next time you experience a illness of whatever capacity, and hopefully it's not, nothing serious, but if you have a little ache or pain or your, you know, your back starts hurting or your neck starts hurting or you have a bad headache, sit down and think about it and say, you know, is this my upper limit talking to me? Is my brain afraid of something that I'm trying to accomplish right now? And is my brain trying to stop me? Because that is really, it's, it's really key. And um, if you can look at a headache and say, oh, I know why I have a headache. It's because I am 
you know, a little bit worried over here about this really cool thing I get to do next week, you know. Um, if I have to get up and speak in front of a group, even if it's a small group, sometimes I'll have headaches a couple days ahead of that because I'm worried about my presentation, you know, and, and if you, rather than saying, oh, I have a headache, I'm just sick, think about it, maybe if it's something your brain is doing to you. And if you can embrace that and look at it and say, oh, I know I have a headache, I have a presentation in two days and I don't feel prepared. So I am going to sit here and meditate for 10 minutes and become calm around this presentation, or I'm going to go take a bike ride and clear my head, and then I'm going to come back and work on my presentation, or whatever you need to do to figure out what your brain is doing to you. And then a lot of times that will solve your issue. And if you have an actual cold, it might still hang on for a couple of days, but if you can realize what's causing it or why your brain is going to that spot, then it might help you. It might help you recover faster. So um, moving beyond this, let's talk about how we can move beyond this upper limit thinking. And these are also ideas um, from this book. So first, the first step we need to take is we need to recognize these thoughts when they occur. So just embracing them and recognizing them. So if you have a success and you are feeling pretty good, and then all of a sudden you start to feel self-criticism or you, you want to criticize one of your clients or a colleague, recognize that that's your brain bringing up an upper limit thought. It's, it's the whole point of this. We need to mentally be able to recognize these thoughts and then take a leap beyond these thoughts so they're not allowed to destroy our successes and not allowed to take away the abundance that we're feeling or the joy that we're feeling. So recognize the thoughts first, and then if you can recognize them, try to think of things that you would prefer to think. Um, and this goes back to the whole, it, your thoughts will control your feelings. So if you can, if you start feeling critical or you start feeling defeated, um, you start having these self-defeating thoughts or feelings, then what is it that I'm thinking that's causing this? And then what do I prefer to feel? And what would I prefer to think? And that can change and lead you in a better direction and actually cause you to embrace whatever success that's coming for you and embrace whatever success that you just did experience. Because thinking these negative things are not going to serve you. You want to remove the obstacles to your upper limits because let's face it, I, I've been doing this to myself for years. You know, I feel like I've had a lot of really cool things happen in my life and I've been very successful in certain areas of my life, but I've also really held myself back. I've really you know, put roadblocks in my way. I've, you know, been afraid or worried or whatever, or made myself sick or any of these, these upper limit problems that 
our brain makes up. I've done it to myself over and over and over again. The perfectionism that we've talked about before is part of this. So, you know, if you can just recognize when these, these things come up for you and realize that that's what you're doing and that it's not real, the, crit- the criticism that you're feeling, the negativity that you're feeling isn't real. It's your brain. And then once you realize that if you can try to change it and try to jump over it, and that, that's the, the title of the book, The Big Leap. So even if it's small leaps, leaping over the small thoughts will get you to a better course and on your way to better success. I think that, um, I think you all should read this book. It's, there's so many examples in there that he gives of this phenomenon. And I know as veterinarians, we all get it because I think we do it to ourselves every day. I mean, I, I know in the cases that I see, a lot of times I doubt myself and worry about it and, you know, don't just embrace the successes. And I think we all do that. And it's part of the thing that causes so much stress in our job. And we really need to learn how to handle these stresses because I, you know, I say that I'm a worrier and I worry about our profession. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's why I'm reading these books. And that's why I'm bringing them to your attention. So anyway, um, there's a lot in this book. And I would really encourage you to read it. Um, You can get a head start by just noticing your upper limit thinking. And I think together we can start to leap over these negative thoughts and open ourselves up to our abundance, our success, and our love of this wonderful job that we all have. So have a beautiful week, my friends. Um, Again, the name of the book is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Um, I'd encourage you to read it. If you have any comments or you do read it and you want to talk about it some more, uh, shoot me an email and go to my website and um, talk to me there or leave a comment um, after the podcast and we can talk about it some more. So have a beautiful, wonderful week, my friends. Embrace your success. Be super veterinarians. I know you all are. And if you're traveling like I have been traveling for the last month, have safe travels and pick up a good book and read it on the plane. Talk to you again next week, my friends. Bye. Thank you.